everyone. Welcome back to the Freedom Announcer podcast. I'm Louie, and this is a special podcast because this is my first one with a return guest, and I'm welcoming John into this. John, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Good to be back, and glad to be part of this conversation that will clearly be ongoing. (laughs) Well, the last podcast that we did together, it was called, Why Are We So Bad at Evangelism and Discipleship? Mm. And I want to be honest, one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you back for a second round at this specifically on discipleship, was because I noticed something that I did wrong. Oh, in, yeah. In my whole intention of this podcast is to uh, have talks with people about questions that are going on in my head. And what I noticed was that I was not talking with you during the last podcast, but I was interviewing you. Oh, I didn't gotcha. share any of my thoughts. Yeah. And some things I disagreed with uh-huh. and other things I agreed with, but I didn't share any of that. So this is sort of a, this is a back and forth. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we talked about was discipleship. Mm-hmm. And something that you said was, I think we're doing better than we think, mm-hmm. but we're not failing. We're not drowning in it. We're not drowning at uh, doing discipleship or practicing it. We're not perfect in it, but we're better than we think. And so I took that um, idea, and over the last few weeks, I've taken this um, this anonymous questionnaire or poll um, to try to maybe help myself think, is it just me that thinks this, mm-hmm. or are other people on the same page? Um, so the, the question is simple questions I put in the survey. Are you being discipled by anyone? Mm-hmm. And then are you discipling anyone? And I was really shocked at the responses. Like if I were to ask you that question, what percentage of people do you think are being discipled? Well, that's with all about how you define discipleship and all that kind of stuff. Depending on how you define it, I think you get different answers. But with a classic, straightforward definition of discipleship, I would say between 40 and 50% would be my guess of people that would answer, yes, they're being discipled. And that's exactly what I would think. You know, we're not, we're not drowning. We're not yes. perfect. We're somewhere right in the middle. And out of, so there were, in, in all transparency, there was only 19 responses to this poll. But we love every one of them. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know too many people. So only 19 responded, but... Uh, they responded saying that 74% of them are being discipled. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at that. And then on the other side, are you discipling anyone? 79% of people said that they are. And I was shocked at that too. Namely because uh, because of myself, I would have to answer no for both of them. I'm not discipling anyone and I'm not being discipled. Now, maybe a side question is, can you be discipled without knowing it? Mm-hmm. That, that, could absolutely. Be, that could be one. Yes, absolutely uh, you can. But, um, and then I wanted to unpack and ask, how do you think the church is doing in this uh, focus of discipleship, something that we are 
commanded to do, mm-hmm. to evangelize, to disciple. Um, and the it feels like, we're going to read through some of the responses that people had, but it feels like there's a disconnect on the the number of, or percentage of people that are being discipled, that's a very high percentage. And then the responses are more negative than they are positive. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I printed out the list for you to check out. Which, th- there's a number of responses here. What one stands out to you that you think, man, I, I didn't think that, or that's super honest, and uh, I, let's, let's jump into that one. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the answers were great. Um, just a thought on this, I'm, I'm guessing, do you know the type of person who gave answers back? Are these like church leaders involved in their churches? Is it a um, diverse pool I, in that sense of lots of different backgrounds and types of people who answered yeah, this? Yeah, it was completely anonymous. Um, I would guess that most of them are believers. Yeah. Their, their backgrounds are probably all across the board. Yeah. But the, like one that stands out to me is, um, they said, I believe this is the question is, how do you think the church is doing in discipleship? And they said, I believe the church has abdicated their role on discipleship to third parties. Like, I noticed that one too. Um, they said, as an example, Young Life or something. Yeah. And is just waking up to their need to take the responsibility for this and intentionally focus on discipleship, teach discipleship, and make people accountable to disciple. Yeah. So it would you agree with that? Like, do you think we're pushing that the the role of discipleship to nonprofit organizations that can focus on that? Yeah, I would love to know who this person <laughs> is and like what their experience and know the mm-hmm. background of what's behind that. Yeah, uh, my experiences have been different. I love Young Life, Campus Life, third party organizations. I think there's a huge need for them in the church. Most people, we talked about this last time. I think most people separate evangelism and discipleship. I'm a, a proponent of bridging those and bringing those together. And historically, Young Life especially has a positive impact when it comes to evangelism and a little bit less favorable reviews when it comes to discipleship. So that, again, it's hard to know how the person's defining their terms, their experiences, yeah. but that, that's been some of my experiences. Good at reaching the students that the church is not reaching, um, but then the knock which I don't think is always fair. The knock has been not developing a lot of growth and depth in those individuals. Uh, whether you agree or not with that, that's based probably on your experiences with those organizations. Yeah. The, um, uh, another one that stands out to me <laughs> says that they think that discipleship is excellent in kids and youth settings. Yeah, I noticed that one too, yeah. But some people seem to think that they grow out of a need for discipleship mm-hmm. as they age. Um, maybe maybe it's, you know, during your youth years, this is your these are your formative years and you need to be discipled and maybe in your college years you start discipling some of the youth, but then once you get into your 30s and 40s, you're you're good. You've yeah. arrived. Um, and I can almost really identify with that um 
because most of the time what what I see is what we talked about last time discipleship may be a lot of people and programs that the church has developed like a uh, men's ministry Bible study or a women's ministry Bible study but it doesn't it may not go past that mm-hmm. in in that me as a believer, I have a handful of people that I'm pouring my life into. Now, first, they need to like being around me, I guess. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we can go from there. But um, I think that with the one of the responses is that the church, we're, we're looking at it as very uh, programmatic, but when it needs to be more genuine and organic. Um, do you think we're there? Do you think we're programmatic in discipleship and it's not authentic or genuine? Yeah, I think so. My eyes immediately went to that one um, yeah. and that stood out to me a lot. Um, I, so this is kind of my thought on it. There's this this feeling of a need. We, we at least... I won't speak to everyone. For me, there's this temptation that things need to be in boxes and they need to be nice and neat and systematic and organized. Yeah. And there's this um, this feeling like discipleship needs needs to be that. Um, and I I would agree with what is this person is saying. I do think it is um, discipleship is at its best when it's genuine and organic over program. Not that programs are necessarily evil, bad, and you shouldn't have any. I think uh, programs, if they're conduits to a greater good and to discipleship, I think they're very positive and a good thing. And you need to have some level of that. Um, So yeah, I think it's both to the discipleship process. Um, But I think what what is interesting is um, it's it's harder to to recognize because we're conditioned to see the class or to see the program or to see the study to mm-hmm. call that discipleship and we have no um, re, um, resources or no no way to gauge that organic discipleship that takes place so we don't know how to identify it yeah because what what who's the ultimate discipler that we know Jesus Right, and mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't say, all right, guys, I've got a nine week course, correct, that I'm gonna have you be a part of. But he said, follow me, mm-hmm. no matter where they were in in their occupation or location. He said, follow me, and they hung out with them, and they did stuff together, and they watched, and they failed, mm-hmm. and they tried, and there's a lot of. Um, giving and getting in that discipleship process that I'm sure that it exists in a lot of churches of living life together and learning and growing and failing and and progressing but on the whole I think we're more programmatic than we are genuine um what what do you how can we get past that that's a really good question. I would I would agree with everything, with everything you just said. Um, 
the first thing that comes to mind, like when you when you talk about doing life, is like doing life together, organic. How does that work? And I think it's um, it's not a simple answer on how to get past that, but I think it's an incredible intentionality, and it's it's capturing the life moments and repurposing them into God moments. Mm-hmm. And I think the easiest, I mean, the easiest example is, is your kids. I mean, you're, you're with your kids. If you happen to have children, I mean, God shows up in everyday situations as you're spending time with them. You're redirecting that specific attention in the moment to how the hand of God was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking about adults, I think, um, with with neighbors or with different people as you spend time with them and someone's helping you move or someone's you and I both just moved and had yeah. people help us or if you know you need help on your car like you're finding those moments to point people to Jesus through that and it, and it can be as simple as man how are you and and what's God doing in your life and what is he teaching you and it's I think it's happening and we don't even realize it's happening in those moments. So back to one of your original questions, mm. can we be discipled without even knowing it? And I think we, in one sense, we better be able to, mm. because if we're only being discipled when we know it, we're going to be pretty skinny in our spiritual faith because how often are we at church or church Bible study if we're involved with everything our church is doing? maybe three or four hours a week maybe yeah and so it's got to be um a day-to-day lifetime uh pursuit yeah i think there is something to say though for having it knowing that you are being discipled um because i'm thinking of like a dating relationship Mm -hmm. um how many guys think that they're dating the girl and the girl's like, you never asked me. We're just hanging out. Is this part of your uh, story, Louis, for <laughs> a, different, a different podcast? It's a different podcast. Yeah. But, you know, it, there has to, in order for it to be, I don't know, maybe I'm going off on a tangent of being official, but I want to, I want to know that I'm being discipled or the person that, that I'm discipling is receiving that kind of... Um, discipleship so that um maybe that's putting it into a box yeah again like you said and there is a place for that for sure yeah um and i with that example most likely there's a common interest there's a spark there's something that makes you want to pursue that girl before you're official right you're without knowing anything about her without being attracted to her you're probably not going to cold call this girl and be like hey let's go on a date and let's see if there's something there. There's, there's something there before you become official in most cases. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, um, I mean, I, I've experienced these awkward trying to connection, trying to force discipleship between a mentor and a student type. Mm-hmm. And it, those, in my opinion, are difficult. Sometimes they can work, but it's very challenging to get there. But if if there's this organic connection where then it's, hey, will you disciple me or can I disciple you? I think that's much better when yeah. that happens. I think one of the things that, that we um, can do is talk about who does the maybe the ownership 
of discipleship lie with? Is it the church's responsibility to create opportunities for discipleship? Or is it a shared, uh, may, there may be more questions in there, but it, yeah. is, or is it a shared op, uh, responsibility for the church to create opportunities, but then also for believers to take ownership and create their own opportunities for discipleship? Yeah, I think the, the primary onus needs to be on the individual. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think of, if you, when you think of like all big time commitments, uh, you think of um, counseling. Mm-hmm. A counselor isn't pursuing their client to set up appointments, mm-hmm. to come visit. It's all on the client to initiate, to set things up, and mm-hmm. to make that a priority. And um, I mean, I think the church needs to be a part of that process, but if it's not this burning desire within the heart of the individual, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And a church can set up discipleship mm-hmm. and it not be discipleship to no fault of the yeah. church. Mm-hmm. Sure. What do you think uh, on that? Um, opportunities for growth. Yeah, yeah, the, the church should uh, be able to spark some of that but the what I think what the church is for is for us to be able to grow in our faith and then know how to live that out Mm -hmm. out there Um, but what does that look like for a a church sponsored discipleship class I think that's too boxy that's too rigid Um, I think that it the ownership needs to be on the individual on the believer someone who who maybe is viewed as or thinks that they are a mature believer i i would think in how jesus did it jesus sought out people to become his disciples mm-hmm. whereas normally in the culture those the the students would seek the rabbi yeah that's a great point um so jesus did it differently yeah um I think there is a place, though. Like, if I see someone that is a mature believer and I want to learn from them, I'm going to go to them and ask. But I think it, it's also a responsibility of mature believers to seek out people and say, I want to disciple you. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of these responses of people that, that took it, one is like, I think a lot of people are stuck. They don't know where to start or depend on sermons or ministers to have conversations for them. I think personal discipleship, they say, has and is always the plan for God's church to grow and move forward. It's normal Christians having faith conversations or even just praying for people in their life that don't know God. So I, I think it's it can't be boxy. Mm-hmm. Just It can't just be this one thing. Um, a discipleship class in the church. It's not life. It's an hour during the week. Mm -hmm. But I want to be able to um, invite people into what I'm doing, putting a playground together for my kids. Hey, do you want to come over and help me? And then we can have those faith conversations. Absolutely. Inviting into what's already happening and then seeing God work through that. But I think also the key is um, inviting God into that moment um and asking for opportunities huge distinctive you just made like that's really important so what like what do we do 
now as kind of the conclusion. I always, uh-huh. I always, I like to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, what do we do as people, uh, as you stated earlier in our last podcast, we're doing better than we think. Yeah. Um, but we've got a lot of room to grow. I agree with that. But um, apparently, we through this this poll that I took and the 19 people that took it, uh, lots of people are being discipled and discipling people. But I would agree that um, we're not doing it well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're like a, a restaurant that sells chicken, but we're no Chick Fil A. Uh-huh. Like what what is the and I, I say that because I love Chick Fil A. Yeah, I love Chick Fil A too. Um, but so are we Popeyes or KFC? No, I don't. I don't know what we are. <laughs> but how do we get from, you know, the D level rating restaurant to uh, getting to where people want to come back, mm. and we're investing in more people and more people in discipleship? Yeah, I almost say. I mean, those can be two different things. Um, how we get there and how do we get people coming back. Mm. How we get there, I think the biggest thing is empowerment and helping clarify some of the misconceptions about what discipleship is and isn't. Yeah. And then um, set people free and send them out, like put, create this responsibility and this passion um, and to get rid of some of those barriers about it, it can be scary for some to have awkward conversations and people are busy and people don't want to do homework before they come and like mm-hmm. try to remove barriers and empower, empower people to cross the bridge um, and look for, look for the natural connections. I mean, most people have friends most people, not all, but most, most people are in relationships. So how can, instead of creating something new, how do you repurpose what you already have to then help in community um, pursue Jesus together? Yeah. Not, uh, not reinventing the wheel, but um, have, taking your people and, and maybe even challenging them. Who in your life can you spend intentional time with uh, doing everyday things, um, but focusing, in, inviting God into that moment, yep. but then focusing, how can how can I relate this to growing in my faith or helping them grow in their faith? Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's a it's a hard thing right now to be able to invite yeah. people into that process and 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 even be. An outgoing discipler. Yeah. Because there's the fear of rejection. No, I don't want to learn from you. Yeah. It's a it's a relationship like unlike any other. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because uh, I don't want to make disciples of John. You don't want to make disciples of Louis. Yeah. It's to make disciples of Jesus, right? And right. so when we're in these discipleship relationships on on one hand even though you could have one at a different place in that journey than the other and it doesn't have to be completely equal um, equal footing as uh, in a sense of maturity but in a sense we're we're both being discipled in that relationship we're both pursuing christ and i can learn from you like you can learn from me 
and it's it's not a Star Wars type um, Jedi to the apprentice, or mm. you know, or a Sith to an apprentice that then takes over for them. It, it's so much more living and vibrant than that yeah. and unique. Yeah. I think it comes down to everyday believers taking ownership. Yeah. Um, like you said, empowering to to succeed and to fail um, and living life together. Yeah. And I would add, make that commitment as an individual to follow Christ and to grow and to to move towards maturity and completeness Mm -hmm. so you make that commitment as an individual and then it's like i don't want to do this alone Mm -hmm. it is so much better with others and seek out others along that journey with you yeah that's good now now let's just put it into practice yeah (laughs) but but it's so it's so encouraging that out of that Survey 75% feel like they have that, mm-hmm. and 79% feel like they're they're that for someone else. Yeah. So the pieces are in place. It's it's just some tweaking um, for that to multiply yeah. um, and catch fire. I mean the the pieces are all there. Yeah, this was good. Super fun. I like it. Um, I can always count on John for answering some hard questions <laughs> and going back and forth on it. Um, if you've ever got a question, uh, definitely reach out to me because I, I love uh, taking my own questions and other people's questions and then debating or talking about it because uh, the whole point of this podcast is because I think that in the action of asking questions, that's where we find freedom in Christ. Um, so you've got questions. He's got answers. Uh, we haven't arrived yet, but we're getting there. So for all those listening, thanks for listening to the Freedom Announcer podcast. Uh, Have a great day. Thanks, John, for being here. I appreciate you every time you're on, now twice. (laughs) Yeah. Will we go for a third? (laughs) We We shall see. Thanks for listening, everybody.